You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Aaron. Now, is it Mosier? It's actually just pronounced Mosier. It's just spelled all weird. Yeah. So were you like that kid with like the 50 um, wristbands on his arm just trying to show off? Like it's Mosier. Um, Yeah, I actually had a friend call me Mosier. We thought that was a funny way of doing it, like it was French. But uh, I think it was just somebody misspelled it like 50, 60 years ago. And then it stayed misspelled. That's my theory. It just sounds it's got a little bit extra spice on it. Right, 100%. I wasn't even born with the name. I was adopted uh, into the name. So I'm cool with it. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. You were actually, were you actually adopted into that name? Uh, yeah, my dad adopted me. I mean, my mom's my mom. I mean, my dad's my dad too, but like biologically speaking. Um, and my mom basically told me I, I had to take his name or my biological father's. And at the time I had her maiden name, I was like five. And his last name is Leatherberry. And I was like, oh, that sounds horrible. I'll take Mosier. Dude, so, if, you, if your last name was Leatherberry, you're not, not getting made fun of. Like, exactly. That's every what kid's going to be like, what's up, Leatherberry? Yeah, so uh, that's the story of how I, I got Mosier, which is cool because everyone calls me Mo. Like, no one calls me uh, Aaron in the world. Uh, so I just think it's funny how if I just never got that last name, I don't know what people would call me. I mean, that's better than having a name like Joe or something. Sadly, that's like a, such an average name. This is true. This like is true. people used to just pick names out of baby books and just be like, oh, it's the popular name for this year. It's like, why were there 50,000 people every single day named Joe? Like, I don't know how many Joes I've ran into in my everyday life. Like for me, my name is Robert Robertson. So every time someone says it, they say it's like a, they say it like a disease. They say it like with like a little extra emphasis on Robert. And I'm like, it, just say it right. Like the name's so nice, you say it twice. You know, I mean, you get you get. Is your father's name Robert? Yeah, his name's Robert too. So it's also you're like a son of Robert Robert Robertson. Oh, please don't start this. I got this is bringing back my childhood awesome. memories. Awesome. Well, no, see, I think it's cool. it's cool. A lot of people will be like, "What's your middle name?" I'm like, oh, "Yeah, it'd be stupid if it was Robbie, right?" No, so it's it's a little bit different which i'm glad for but i mean it, it it's it's all about like i guess who the person turns out to be so let's get down to the conversation here all right mr aaron what do you do professionally uh i guess i have two answers i have like a normal day job but i'm also one of those people that like as soon as i leave my day job i check out and have like uh you know follow the dreams of a whole other life if that makes sense well, um so which one are we asking about Let's let's see about both of them. I guess start with number one. Um, yeah, I work for like a school district fixing computers. So I'm like a IT tech guy, and a, comp- a teacher will be like, "Hey, my computer is not starting," and I'll go plug it in the wall, you know, or whatever the the problem may be. Um, and that's about it. That's pretty much how simple that job is. Do you ever Fix wonder computers. why the computer doesn't really work that well? Like the teacher is probably looking up something dirty in their free time. Uh, they have pretty strict filters um, for stuff, but I have had people uh, crash a computer and me look at their history and they were looking up how to buy like uh, testosterone off the black market. And I'm whoa, 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 testosterone. Yeah, they were like looking up how to just buy straight testosterone, like inject. And it was some older lady. So I just assume it was for her husband. Um, but I never bring it up to anyone, you know. Oh, yo, she was trying to get she's trying to get laid. 
Yeah. She's definitely. like, my husband hasn't touched the pipe in many years. Got to get that thing going back up. That's crazy, though, because there was always like, I could always play video games on the computer at school. And right. And I, I could, too. I remember growing up, uh, we had Warcraft 2 on all of our computers in junior high. And uh, I loved it. Like, that's what I loved about Fridays. And then now, you know, all these kids want to go play Fortnite. And I'm like, well, you can't download the Epic Game Launcher on your the school computers. Like, it just, there's more to it now, I guess. We used to be able to do LAN parties. You know, they all want to go online and stuff. And uh, I get why it's blocked, but it is a different different time. I mean, most of my senior year was spent, we had computer. I think the worst thing you could possibly have in a classroom is computers, like, just constantly there. Only because of the fact the kid's not going to be doing anything technology school work wise on that computer. There's going to be looking up games or watching movies. My whole senior year was either movie tube, like watching illegal movies. Right. You know, I'm incriminating myself here. And also watching fight videos on YouTube, like world star hip hop was a big thing. Like I actually showed my teacher, uh, Craig, like there's something on Craigslist. I was like, people are crazy on Craigslist. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, there's a guy that'll come to your house and for a hundred dollars, he'll punch you straight in the dick. And he goes, no way. And I, I showed him the ad on the Craigslist. He goes, I have, I've lost faith in humanity. It just walks away from me. I'm just like, uh, you can find anything on this sucker. Right. Really, the teacher went home, called the guy, got his dick punched. I bet you. I mean, he, he I don't know. Finally. Sometimes, like, I see him, and, like, he was always on his phone a lot. I always felt like he was tweeting about us. Like, he had an Instagram and Facebook, and actually, he went, I don't know if you know the band 311. Yeah. Um, he actually right. stage-dived off 311's uh, thing during Firefly. Oh, hell yeah. Is that, like, yeah. his claim to fame? <laughs> he dragged all the kids. Well, everyone's like, holy shit, that's our teacher. Like, that's Mr. Grant. <laughs> he's just like, yeah. Like, he was out of his mind a little bit, too. And then, like, you see him in this whole different uniform. So I'm like, you got to think, when you see your teachers, you think of them like, oh, they're probably, like, really, like, strict outside of school. Like, no, they're usually completely different people. Right. It really depends on their age. Um, it's from what me working with a lot of them, the ones that are – uh, my age or younger seem to be uh, normal people. The ones that are like 20 years older than me still seem to like, I think of them like teachers. I don't know if that's weird, but. Yeah, like, like you see like a nice like 60 year old woman or something. She's like wearing like the circular glasses, the dress, kind of like the pencil through the bun and the hair. And you're just like, yo, she probably is like goes home and reads a bunch of books. And that's all she does as soon as she gets home. Right. That is what you think, but it's probably the furthest from the truth. She's probably like a dominatrix or something. That would be great. <laughs> I, I love if everyone had secret lives. Mrs. Cranapple, no. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about like um, your, what you're kind of doing in your free time. You said you had a bunch of uh, goals and aspirations. Uh, yeah, I have a few. So it's, it's kind of like a three-headed monster, I guess. I have a podcast. Uh, and then I rap and I make beats. So I do all three of those things pretty much with all my free time. Um, outside of work now how how do, how do you craft these beats because actually like that's something that's a, a pretty difficult a lot of people to understand do you take bits and pieces or do you craft a whole new thing from the start um let's see i use fl studio which the people used to call fruity loops they don't really call it that as much anymore um i just learned a little over a year ago probably like 14 months ago i took a week off work and was like i'm gonna learn how to do this through youtube and that's all i did for a week because i watched youtube videos about how to do this um until i figured it out um, I had been rapping since uh, like 10 years, like nine or 10 years. I uh, recorded songs and I wasn't like real good, but I'm okay. Um, and so when I started this podcast, uh, I had one with my best friend. He moved away. So I was going to change it up and just do a solo podcast or 
a podcast named after me uh, with co-hosts that come on. I wanted to make my own song, so or my own intro. So I learned how to make beats just to make an intro for my podcast. But it has led into me being like, well, now that I make beats, I should get back into rapping. And I own all these beats, so I can put them on Spotify, put them on Apple Music. So uh, basically, the podcast and the beat making and the rapping is all kind of goes together. But it's it's kind of hard to do all three, if that makes sense. At least do them all well, because they uh, they all compete for time. <laughs> yeah, because you you got to kind of focus it out. But it's it really kind of expands your options though, because you don't really have to reach out to anybody to like perform your intro for you, because you can create your own. Right, exactly. And I tell a lot of podcasters, if you need an intro, uh, I don't find it that hard. I mean, it's it's hard because uh, they're very short. So you guys like make something unique that's short that doesn't sound like something else. Um, but I think a lot of people that make beats wouldn't mind making a little intro for someone that has a podcast. Those two worlds just don't talk to each other normally. You know, I don't think many podcasters are on beat stars asking producers stuff. So, I mean, hell, I'll take one, dude. I just, I've had this intro for uh, the beginning of the first season because I just messaged my buddy. I was like, hey, man, hey, have you created an intro for me? Because I know you do all that tech beat stuff. Uh, his name's Bristle B on SoundCloud. I was like, might as well just like, uh, you know, create my intro. And the next thing you know, bam, we had one. I just told him, like, grab a couple of pots and pans, start banging them around and start screaming out of the blank in the middle of the microphone and create a beat with it. Right. Um, but you're asking kind of like how I do it. Um, what I do is I use a program called Nexus, uh, which is uh, a virtual instrument. And so I have this little keyboard here that I can play, but I can load up all these different instruments. So I personally start with making a melody. Um, and then once I get someone's like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Then I start, you know, I put some drums and bass and all that. And then at the end, um, I find that I can rap on all my own beats. Like that's my test. But um, that doesn't mean everyone can, right? So there's a lot of different styles out in the world, but I've currently put up three beats a week. Uh, beat stars, I mentioned earlier, that's a website people sell, sell beats. Um, I put up three beats a week there and on my YouTube page. I started in the beginning of June and I have them scheduled up right now through November 5th. So I had like 60 something beats I was putting up. So that's what I was focused on. But now, uh, like the last 20 beats I've made, I'm actually working on a collab album with uh, rappers I've met through my podcasting and networking uh, to do a whole collab album. So that's what I'm doing also at the moment. Now, what? All right. So I kind of want to ask you a little bit about your podcasting first. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you're doing your podcast, do you try and focus on specific topics, or you just just basically shoot the shit into the microphone? Oh uh, no, I shoot the shit into the microphone. Um, what happened was, like, I started a podcast with my best friend, and our whole idea was he had kids. And I was like, I can get you to come over to my house like once a week to hang out and we'll record a podcast at the time, right? Like it was my way of saving our friendship. And then he ended up moving like three or four hours away. He still calls in from time to time. Um, but now I have a cousin who will come over. Uh, and then I have other friends, you know, um, around me who comes over in person and they'll normally be the co-host. Uh, I normally do current events or just, hey, this crossed my mind while I was sitting in traffic this week. Uh, a lot of horrible things. Uh, my name of my podcast, I haven't mentioned, is A Podcast with Mo. And it's after I made my podcast, everything I looked up was like, I did everything wrong. Like, you're not supposed to have podcasts in your podcast title. Uh, you're not supposed to put your name in your podcast. Like, these are all these recommendations, right? If you're on a Facebook group about podcasting. Uh, 
like everything I do, they say, don't yeah, do. Like You can't look up any of those. You can't ask any of those guys for really any helpful information because everybody's got their own insights on that what works and what doesn't work. I say what works is what works for you. You know, like people like kind of give me a little, little bit of flack only because of the fact that uh, I don't target to a specific audience. Like it's just for everyone to listen to because it's just conversations. Like if you're interested in listening to it. And I've had people like try and control it. Like you got to monetize, bro. You got to do all this stuff. I'm like, no, I don't. Right. It's I mean, for I, everyone. I have a Patreon page and I do make enough money to host my podcast every month. And to me, that's good enough of a goal. So like, I'm not really paying to host it. Uh, I mean, I am, but you know, I, I get repaid by my patrons. So I do think that's a decent goal and idea to have because it's all voluntary. You know, I'm not forcing anyone to do it. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely, I don't know if you, what podcast you listen to, uh, but I, I'm a big fan of the Bill Simmons podcast. Um, and he does more sports stuff, but he also does like pop culture, uh, entertainment things as well. But just his format of he just has different co-hosts on calling in, you know, he talks about topics. But if you're going to listen, you have to like him. Right. And it's probably similar to, to you and your podcast. It's similar to mine. Like if people seem to like me and they think my humor and personality is decent enough to listen to me every week and I do uh, normally two podcasts a week, uh, then they might, you know, check it out and then who, listen who I have to talk to. But uh, if they don't like me, I have no, no shot. So that's just what it is. Whereas in some podcasts I listen to, I hate the host, but their topic's so interesting, who cares, you know? Yeah, usually time you just listen to it for the guests too. Sometimes like they have a really good guest on or something that you like. Like I know a lot of famous comedians, like I can't really stand uh, Jerry Seinfeld. He has that show, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Right. Like those are interesting people on, but I won't watch it because Jerry Seinfeld. Right. I agree. Well, uh, like I said, I've listened to probably about, let's say 20 hours of podcast a week, uh, give or take. Cause in my job, I can just throw headphones on and, and listen to them. And, uh, a fairly large po- podcasting group of the kind of funny games. They're like a video games, uh, podcast group. And, uh, one of their members left the group because they kind of had this bickering argument and started his own. So now like, I feel this weird loyalty to like, I can't listen to them because this guy left, you know, cause I don't like the others as much as this guy. So I just, uh, the podcasting, I just think the host and the personality and who you connect with is just probably the most important thing more so than all the others. Cause to me, it's just wasting time. I'm just throwing it in my ear to waste some time while I do other stuff. You know, it's, it's literally investing. Like when you watch a movie and you pick like a favorite character and if that character dies, you just feel like you don't want to watch the movie anymore. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I do know like people probably don't like uh, me or they've listened to my podcast, you know, like even my friends are like, I don't like their podcast. And I'm like, that's fine. I don't, I don't get like too upset about it. Yeah. You, you don't know? like go home and cry or anything. Right. I'm just like, okay, well, how many other podcasts you listen to? And most people I know do not listen to them. So uh, they'll respond with, you know, none. I'm like, all right, well, I'm, that's fine with me. If you also don't like mine. See, when you start looking at we we started looking at people that are like uh kind of focus on like oh i don't like this i don't like that oh it kind of like it it angers them that much to the point like they're listening they're like i hate this guy's podcast it's like then stop listening to it it's like right. it's literally like complaining about something that's there when you don't even have to bother with it it's just right. like, you know there's millions of other ones you can listen to this one being out there is it, you shouldn't be your fueled goal to try and cancel it out or make sure nobody listens to it it's like just enjoy it's conversation i mean you're shooting the shit one minute you're talking about nurse you're talking about teachers you know doing the dirty stuff in their free time and then you, you know you go straight to a whole different conversation 
Right. And to me, it's just about the uh, every once in a while, you'll get a minute of that was really funny. You know, you accidentally fall into something pretty good. Um, and then also, I know for me, I'm 31, by the way, I don't think I've said that or whatever. But uh, it's kind of a pitch at these late 20s, early 30s. I think my co-host that comes in on uh, my Monday episodes is in his late 30s. It's like for us dudes, it doesn't have to be dudes. I mean, females can listen as well. Uh, but people that you used to have a lot of friends. So I think you told me your age earlier. When I was your age, I had a lot of friends over all the time. And I just did a lot of social things. But now I don't. Oh, so Dude, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm at that point right now, basically. I'm, I'm 21 years old. I don't drink or anything. So all my friends go out to bars and they're all getting like hammered. But that's the only way they stay connected anymore. Everybody's just working. Like my one buddy who used to be my best friend, practically my brother that I started my podcast with, we haven't hung out in forever. And we just Snapchat each other every couple of days, like, hey, like say something stupid or send like a picture of someone's poop in the toilet or something and be like, damn, look at that. But like, he'll be like, hey, man, like, sorry, I haven't talked to you in a while. Work's been busy. That's it. That's the whole conversation that we talked to. We used to hang out every single day and it's just we're disconnected now. I'm like, oh, wait, we all grew up. We all realized that it's not like high school. We're not spending the night over each other's houses anymore. It doesn't happen. Right, exactly. Or uh, it's like my best friend, I say moved away. He has come and visited, I think, twice since he's moved. And we try to like, you know, keep it going. Like we're partying like college days, but uh, it's not the same. It's not how it works. Um, but basically my podcast, uh, like I was, yeah, it's basically for people like that. Like you miss having friends, uh, hear people talk. So I'm trying to fill this void of I'm that idiot that watched a conspiracy video. And now I'm going to tell you a five minute summary of it on my podcast and then I'll bring up this politics story and then I'll give you my opinion. Like I basically just cover everything. Um, and then I'll listen to people complain about the stuff they wish I didn't talk about. Now you can't hit up conspiracy theories and not mention a favorite one that you have. Uh, my see favorite, I guess the one I think is true is probably the nine 11, uh, truther theory. I, I just think that one is just 100%, uh, uh, a, a solid Enlighten thing. people on the 9-11 truther theory. Um, that the Taliban or Al-Qaeda, I see, I don't know. I'm probably not educated enough. Um, whoever we blamed for it that day, I was in eighth grade, uh, so I don't quite remember all the small details. Uh, that wasn't actually who did it. It was more of the U.S. government getting people from Saudi Arabia to do this. Uh, some of the small details they point to it is like, Dick Cheney, a year before it happened, wrote this pamphlet of how we need to get into more theater wars. And if we had a situation similar to Pearl Harbor, that would unify the country and make us more patriotic, you know, different things like that. Um, and then, of course, I'm sure everyone's heard the jet fuel can't burn iron beams story, and it looks like it's a controlled demolition. I mean, there's a lot there. Yeah, they even talked, see, I always chalk it up to like people have the videos of the planes and stuff crashing into things. I was a child when it happened. I mean, a very small child. So like I was probably in like first grade or something. And so I just remember getting picked up from school. But I, I, I think most of the conspiracy believers are the people that are in their older age that were like kind of nine, 10th grade around that time. And like right. that age group. Uh, that kind of believe it is was a little bit of a conspiracy theory. I think that if you really look at what boosts it to kind of be a conspiracy theory is the fact that after that accident was the one time the nation kind of came together to kind of forget about race and then kind of focus on this problem that happened. But at the same time, they passed the Freedom of Information Act and like the stricter laws. Like that's why we have TSA and things of this sort to prevent terrorism. It seemed like it was a giant ploy just to get more cameras and more watchful eye over the 
person. Like you don't really seem like, I mean, I don't really feel comfortable a lot of the times around like Alexa or around my cell phone, just because I feel like the government's monitoring me. Like you hear all these random things coming out. Like there's different, like, I don't know if you ever heard of, um, uh, who's the guy that released the stuff on WikiLeaks? Uh, Snowden, Edward Snowden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He released all those things, how the CIA and all this stuff had ways of tracking you through Google and all these different things. All their, uh, they had a program, like it was like a 13-step program. And I think number th- the ninth program was called Kangaroo. And it was like being able to hop on different servers without actually being near the network. So it was like being able to hack into your internet and then be able to look at all your information and download it and then source it somewhere. And I'm like... Is it out of the realm of possibility? I mean, for real, like CIA government, all that stuff is pretty, pretty advanced. I mean, apparently they have stuff that's 20 years ahead of us. Right. I think they easily everything you said's happened. Um, I guess I'm not like worried because I just think we're past the point of uh, of going back. I got like, at least for me, like I'm 31. They clearly have every photo I've uploaded to the Internet if they want it, you know, since I was, you know, I got a Facebook uh, 14 years ago. So I have 14 years worth of pictures that they could have already had for whatever they want to use it for. I just, we've already given up this whole, uh, we want privacy. Like we're, we're too far past that. So I guess I don't worry anymore. Cause now I'm like, well, I just don't think I'm special enough, uh, for them to ever care about it. Right. Well, I mean, you haven't, I, you haven't piqued their interest in anything. You haven't done anything outlandish and stuff like same reason my grandfather said it best. He's like, I I understand that we have to have stricter Air Force laws, like being able to go into the air, like uh, get on an airplane. I understand that. But why the fuck do I have to take my shoes off? Right. I, I, I understand that only because he's from an, a, like an older age. Him taking his shoes off is a pain in the ass. And it's like a 20 minute process because he's got to like, untie his boots and shit. Go watch any movie made in like the 80s or 70s about riding airplanes and how people like it was just like riding a bus. Like it just wasn't there were no security checkpoints. You can uh, smoke also, cigarettes. Right. And all, I just need to say that the TSA has never caught one terrorist. So all of their stuff that they're doing has been for nothing. Literally nothing. They have never caught one terrorist. And you know what the weird thing is? So, Apparently, I, others... I still don't see why we're like, we have to have it. You know the comedian Ari Shafir? Yes. Well, he got a, a vasectomy. And apparently, the, the machine that scans like for like bombs and stuff, apparently that detects it. Oh, it's like a, there's like wow. a there's like a small little like um he says it's like a little like blob or like a thing like a vein that pops out when you get a vasectomy. So the whole fact like the machine picks it up and then they're like, do you have any explosives on you or anything? He's like, no, I don't have any fucking explosives. It's a vasectomy. Like he gets stopped every single time through airport security and then also um fertilizer, the stuff that's in fertilizer that nitrogen the machine will pick up. Yeah, it's crazy. I. And if you look at other countries, like, so Israel has the best airport airport security in the world, uh, from what I understand, and they're good at it because they're, like, actually trained, and then they can just look at people's faces in line, and they can know who has the bomb on them, like, because they're trained at this shit, whereas in America, we're like, hey, let's hire this 19-year-olds, and we're going to pay on minimum wage, and then they're going to stand here with a wand, or like, I don't. It's just, no, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. But I've only flown like twice in my life, so I don't really have much to complain about. Well, I mean, I also think about like people that just work in airports in general. It's like working at the NBA. Like you're not, you're not, you're not really happy. I mean, anytime you really walk into like the NBA or something like that, just someplace to get your driver's license, like it's pretty, pretty painful. DMV, whatever you want to call it. I think it's the whole fact like 
they're dealing with a group of people that are trying to get something done and you're dealing with the same people and they always have the dumbest questions. They're never prepared. It's like trying to do IT service or something. Like you're trying to walk somebody through resetting their router and they're like, I think it's on. I can't tell if it's on. The light's blinking. It's like you're just trying to take them through the basic steps. And when you work at an airport, man, I feel for them because sometimes at two o'clock in the morning, you're not in the best mood. You just want to get on the airplane and go back to sleep. And they're just there like, uh, sir, we'll be calling your flight pattern in a little bit. And then he's like, can you just call it now so I can load up? I'll just walk to where my seat is, okay? I don't think first class needs to go before me. Uh, yeah, I it's a shit job for sure, I would have to imagine. Uh, I have no answers or solutions for the airport industry um, at the exact moment. Because I guess there are a bunch of safety concerns. And now anyone could hijack a plane, but I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it's like if you're riding public transportation in general, like if you're riding on an airplane, you just got to pray to God that everybody keeps it together. You know what I mean? You're on this like confined aircraft if you really think about it. And the weirdest thing is they have oxygen that's going pumping through the plane. It's, it's how you breathe. Like there's no air up there unless you those oxygen tanks, if they get cut out, you're all like screwed. Um, so this is kind of connected, but a little random, but I think this is how your podcast goes. Um, a rant that I got very upset about on my podcast, maybe a few months ago, you remember when people were licking the ice cream in the grocery stores? Uh, okay. That's like the same shit with Tide Pods. I heard about this ice cream challenge or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the Tide Pods, I kind of missed out on. I think one kid ate a Tide Pod and then like the people who think millennials are 12, but you're like, actually millennials are 38. Uh, yeah. It it's like, like anybody under 38 is a millennial. Still. Like that crowd didn't quite get it. But um, the ice cream challenge, if anyone missed it, this girl took uh, the top off the lid off an ice cream, licked it and put it back. And my thing I was so angry about, cause I was like, lock her up for life. And my co-host at that time was like, you're being a little crazy. I just, it's like a trust issue. Like we have to have a trust in society that we're all going to be cool on certain shit. And when you're licking the top of ice cream, you broke like society's trust. Oh, dude, you would hate me, man. Cause I do one really, really bad habit I have. And that's when I go into Walmart, I have to find any type of crushable candy or like a chip and I have to crush it while it's in the bag. So like one of the Reese's pieces you'll get, or like the peanut butter cups, one of them has like a, is just crushed. Yeah, see, you're definitely fucking up, but at least I, I don't mean to do it. I don't know what it is. Like my buddy's like, Where are you going? I'm like, I'll be right back. And he's he just finds me in the candy aisle. I used to work actually at Walmart and they used to stock me in like the marshmallow aisle. Yo, if you were getting marshmallows for that time I was working there, I'm so sorry. Because I was like squish <laughs> dude, they had the ones with the hard chocolate on the inside of them. So you squish mm. it and you can break the chocolate on the inside. I don't know what it is. It's soothing. Like next time you're in a store, just walk up, see like a chip bag or something, just squeeze one chip. That's it. Just one. You don't need to do the whole damn thing. You don't need I to mean, crush it for everybody. We all have our weird ticks. You should probably get one of those like uh gidget machines or whatever. Fidget that shocks the know. shit out of me. When yeah, I something that you can uh mess around with so you don't have to ruin people's groceries. Now me, uh I kind of bl- put that on the person though. They got to you got to check those chips to make sure they're good. You know, as a well, grocery store I, try, I, try, I try not to fuck anybody over with that. But, like, I get caught. My buddy's like, dude, stop. Like, some kid's going to buy that. I'm like, it's Reese's peanut butter cup. You're going to eat it anyway, even if it's squished. If I take a banana and stomp on it, you're still going to eat that fucking banana. No. If you're hungry enough, you're going to eat that banana. I mean. Maybe. But, yeah, probably not in general. <laughs> you never oh. just, like, been walking with, like, a burrito and dropped it and, like, five-second roll and, like, 
Oh yeah, for sure. But that's a totally different story than watching you stomp a banana and then me gratefully eat it. You know, I mean, you probably wouldn't be grateful, but she eat it. (laughs) I just skip. I'm kind of fat. I know you can't see me, so I'd probably could be all right. Skipping a meal, uh, got reserves. Oh, you can't do that, man. You got to enjoy life. I always tell people because, like, I mean, I extensively go fitness to like the the farthest ends of the reach of the world, and I just tell people like. You can't, it's, it's something, it's a personal thing too. You got to like actually commit to it and go to it. But I'm like, if, if you don't want to do it, don't force yourself to do it. Obviously, you know, props to you if you want to go to the gym, but don't feel like you need to restrict yourself and follow like society's ways of kind of looking like somebody or, you know, having a six pack. Cause it's not meant for everybody. You know, Bill Burr always says like, um, he wouldn't want to be a model just because of the fact that he knows he can't get a six pack. So he's not going to do waste any amount of time trying to get one he's, he'll try and get in shape but he's not gonna go for a six-pack i think people take it too far which kind of upsets me about how far people will go with like fat burners and supplements right i'm like it's just a waste of money man there's so many other things you could be doing like you're not gonna you're you're only doing what people what you think people want you to be but you're not being who you truly need to be you know what i mean right i agree uh I personally don't really ever worry too much about it uh, because I technically weigh less than I did in high school, even though I would still like call myself a fat person. And uh, so therefore, everyone I know in high school, you know, like most people weigh more than they did in high school. So I'm like, well, I weigh less, so I'm okay. And uh, that's how I get through my life. So what types of things like, I kind of want to hop on the music track a little bit. I know it kind of went off, but um. When you're creating beats and stuff now, do you find it, do you like rapping better or do you like creating beats? Uh, it kind of depends. Uh, I will say uh, just to kind of connect them uh, on my podcast every couple weeks or three weeks, however often I can do it. I do do a music podcast where I have a bunch of like underground artists uh, and we play their music and then I talk some shit for a couple minutes and we play another song. So if anyone wants to check that out, uh, it really is some like really good music from people you've probably never heard of. And so I'm pretty prideful in that because I have to hit up all these people and ask them for music. I don't just take songs. Like I make sure, you know, I have communication with people. Have you found them like very reliable to kind of rely on, I guess, only on the factor like they think that maybe they're going to be like the next big thing. So it kind of might go to their head. Like I know some kids I went to school with that think that like they were going to be the hottest rapper of whatever. This right, right. Fire mixtape only because a couple people liked it. Yeah. And that definitely affects me. I'm like, I I definitely play favorites or whatever. Uh, I'm really self-deprecating just in life. uh, I don't think I'm very good at many things, even though I realize like I I have some talents. So I'm never going to be the type of rapper that um, that I would rather talk shit on myself than than like hype myself up. So when I meet other rappers who think they're really good and I'm like, you're not even better than me. Like I, I feel weird about that. Right. Like I don't, I do not enjoy the cocky rappers. So I would say the rappers I have on, and we have some uh, EDM music and a couple alt rock songs as well on there every once in a while. Um, but most people are really cool. I mean, they have to send me an email. Uh, I've had plenty of people that on Instagram are like, no, bro, I'll just send you the link here. And I'm like, if you cannot send me an email with a file, I'm not going to play it. And it's just because you obviously don't care. You're not going to share my podcast when it comes out. If you can't even send me an email. So uh, 
I'm probably a dick about it in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, but- you kind of have to be because you have to see where someone's using your thing as a platform. I experienced this pretty heavily doing just this podcast. Most people think it's going to be like a 20 minute conversation. You're out the door. And usually when they come on, like I've had to drag people back in here to start talking again. Like, you know, right. like they leave after 20 minutes, like, oh, sorry, goodbye. And they hang up. And I'm like, all right, well, I hope you know it's not going up until like we finish the conversation. Like min time is going to be an hour. I'm just saying. Uh, if we want to take it longer than that, I don't restrict time or anything. I really enjoy conversations with people because I found that like people are very interesting, but I think we choose not to be in our everyday lives at least. like We just choose to at work be this person or this character. And then when we get home, we can kind of be free a little bit. But I don't think that it should be limited to or it should be restricted to the home. It should be open for everyone. Like if you're going out saying I'm going to be the next rapper or anything, then go out and try and be the next rapper. Don't just sit at home and create stuff and throw it up on the thing thinking that people are just going to you know, judge a nameless face or something. Like a lot of artists go anonymous. Like they don't put their picture up. They don't put any of their information up, like personal stuff. They go by some rap name or something. And that's what people know him as, but they never know what the guy looks like. I'm like, he's afraid to show who he truly like wants to be. Right. I don't, um, I just recently put my face on my, like Spotify account. Um, I guess I'll say, I, because I rap, I would love if everyone goes and listens to it. It's my artist name is A to the Mo. And that's like the, the letter A, the number two, T-H-A-M-O. Uh, I recently put my face, I normally don't, um, because uh, in my state of Oklahoma, uh, they recently passed a medical marijuana law and I've recently got a medical marijuana card. So I didn't want... Um, my face attached to all my legal activity I was rapping about. So now it's not illegal. So I feel comfortable. Um, so I, I am kind of, or I always was like, I didn't want people to know that was me. My family isn't real supportive of my music or wasn't. Uh, Why? They just anyway. a waste of time? Yeah. When I was in college and I was good, because I, I tell people all the time, like I was better in college than I am now. Because uh, I took like a five-year gap of not making any raps. Um, now, I do think I sound better now because I have better equipment, but I used to just, I could make like five songs a day because that's just how you are when you're young. Um, but like, you know, to to my parents, it was like, well, that's a waste of time. Get through school. And I got through school. I have a bunch of student loans and it's done nothing for me, you know? So it's like, well, I don't know if that was the right call. Yeah, it's um, crazy how like in a like just having a college diploma was everything like you would be a guaranteed job now i have a college diploma and i, I don't i don't have a guarantee anywhere it seems like they're right. like oh well you need a better one than that sorry that's right. i even have a i even have a decent one i'd like a math degree which is supposed to be hard um but even then it's like it's yeah. not a guaranteed job anymore <laughs> no it's just not so um anyway like i mean i'm fine with all that, but my music you asked originally what i like better beats or rapping and uh for years and years, of course, all I did was rap. When I started making beats, I was like, wait a minute, I can do this. I definitely liked it more. You could make more beats. You can really, I mean, you can just really pound them out. Whereas in for me now, it's very hard to write because uh, even though mine don't always sound like it, I care about what my lyrics are. Uh, you know, I don't like like mumble raps and stuff like that. So I want it to at least be lyrical from my point of view, like where I get what I'm trying to do. So I, I care probably a little too much about my lyrics that it makes the writing process slower for me, where I used to just be able to write very easily. What type of environment do you set yourself in when you're writing raps? Um, honestly, and this is, it's changed a lot over the years. Currently, um, I, I'll just write a verse anywhere. Like I'll be walking at the, my dog at the park. 
uh, and I'll be like, you know, in a certain, I, I do a lot of emotion stuff. So if I'm like in a good mood, which is uh, kind of rare for me, I'm a pessimistic person. Uh, you know, I'll pull out my phone and I'll try to start writing stuff. Or if I'm in a sad mood, you know, same thing. Um, I, I don't necessarily write to a beat because I've done it long enough that I understand how to write a rap verse. And then I can do any verse to any beat. I don't, it doesn't have to be specific for me, but uh, like I'm going to be on this one producer has his collab album he's working on that I'm going to be on. And he sent me a beat and I wrote, you know, to that beat. So I can do that, but typically I do not. Typically, I just kind of write my ideas uh, down. I wonder where the whole factor of like, because I know when I'm writing, if I have to write something, like sometimes I get like a lyric in my head that I'll, but it, it randomly hits me. But I feel like sometimes if I have to isolate myself and kind of put myself in like this quiet environment and then force myself to write something down, it's so difficult, dude. Like it's just, I'm right. sitting there and nothing's happening, but then I'll be out in the middle of like driving or something where I can't write something down. Like there's, I just can't take my hands off the wheel. Next thing I know, I'm just like immediately lyrics are coming to my head. I'm like, I got to pull over and I got to write this down. I got to do this, whether it was a joke, whether it was something or, you know, and I'm like, well, because next thing you know, you don't write it down. It's gone. Exactly. Um, I also keep a note app for my podcast where I just, uh, I just have a, it says podcast ideas and I just write like two word ideas all the time. And then when I record my podcast, I'm like, what was I, what were these two words referencing? You know, and I That's try to what, keep track uh, of it. Greg Proops talks about. He's I uh, I don't know if you know, he's a famous comedian, but um, I he, do not. Oh, uh, well he talks about, he wrote a book called the uh, smartest book in the world uh, written by the smartest man in the world. He's actually really, really clever. Like, uh, he did used to do the old show. Whose line is it anyway? Oh, okay, yeah, I know exactly. And um, so uh, he uh, he well, he would talk about writing notes, and he'd be like, sometimes I'd write a note for a joke on a napkin or something, and it would be like crappy uh, chicken scratch handwriting, and I would wouldn't know what the hell I'd be spending six hours trying to figure out what what I meant by corn. I'm like, that's true though, because usually like you know. You, you try and chalk it up like if you're writing a grocery list, like, oh, I'm gonna write this down real quick. So you go like corn, cap, whatever. You just start naming off like one word things. And the next thing you're like, what was I talking about? Like, how did it go? You know, that's why I feel like sometimes you actually have to like kind of like take a second, like even if someone's talking, like, give me one minute and literally write out exactly what you're thinking, write down the keywords. That's why a lot of people keep a dream journal. Right. I've heard of this. Um, I don't think, I don't know. I haven't had a dream in years, so that wouldn't be good for me personally. Um, I don't know what your dream life is like, but mine is dead for sure. I th- I mean, I haven't, I can't remember the last time I really had a dream. I get them like maybe once every couple of months, but it's not, it's like, so, it's so impactful though, where you wake up, you're like, holy shit. Like usually it's just like, I'm an insomniac. So it's like, I sleep like one hour is good sleep. You know what I mean? Right. But well, whenever- I say it's, if you're not dreaming, they're saying it's because you, you're never hitting your REM cycle. And so I was trying to do the math the other day. And I was like, shit, I haven't hit my REM cycle in like eight years. This might be bad for my health. Well, you know, like when you hit your REM cycle, when you sleep is because when you like, when you actually wake up from a sleep like that, you feel like you had the best rest of your entire life. Like you felt like you were in a coma. Like, I mean, I've, I've slept for an hour one time where it was so deep. I woke up and I thought it was like the next day. Like I was getting ready like for work and I'm like getting, heading out the door. My mom's like, you just got home an hour ago. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, you just got home. Like you went straight upstairs, took a nap and then came right back downstairs. You think it's the next day? I'm like, yeah. Cause like you wake up and like the weather looks a little bit different. Like the sun's behind a cloud or something. You think it's like the the morning or something. You're like, Oh shit. I, those are crazy ass moments, dude. I think it's really crazy like when it comes to your sleep. I always chalk up. So here, this conspiracy theory. I believe that you know how people talk about alternate dimensions. 
Yes, I know people talk about that. Okay. So I think when people are talking about alternate dimensions or these types of like like other existences, I think those are your dreams. Like it's your brain opening up another doorway. Obviously, I'm just I'm not dead on serious about this. I'm just saying, right. wouldn't that be interesting? Like when you're dreaming, you know, the rapid eye movement that you have, like when your eyelids are shut, you ever see someone's eyes like just move around really, really fast? Right. You know, I think it's your brain looking for a door to enter through and that's your dream but really it's a separate like kind of existence maybe and then like that's why when you feel like you wake up and you feel like you were just falling it's called a hypnic jerk i think that's your like it's supposed to be like your heart rate drops really low and your body tries to like kickstart thinking that you're gonna die or something and i think it's the whole factor like you were slipping into another alternate universe i just thought of that one day i was like wouldn't that be fucking interesting if that's what it was Right. I mean, I think it's a very cool Twilight Zone episode. But obviously, uh, yeah, I don't think it could be real, but I think it's an awesome idea. I think it's crazy because, like, I try and be as open as possible to, like, a lot of stuff. I know my one buddy's a big conspiracy theorist. Right. And I have a bunch of friends that are, like, about government projects. And they're just interested in, like, some, like, weird stuff. And I'm, like, I start hearing it. Like, I'm, like, I can't knock it out of the realm of possibility. Like some one dude I podcasted with talked about how he believed people were from Mars, but he was a Christian. I was like, what? Like you think God's real, but you think we came from Mars? He goes, yes, because God created everything. But he said an asteroid hit Mars and then the little dust particles, whatever from the planet kind of drifted out into where our planet is. And then we evolved from those little dust particles. So he believes we're all from Mars. I'm like, that's that's not out of the realm of possibility i mean we know that the moon has giant craters on it because asteroids hit it we know that jupiter's our shield that protects us from meteorites all the time like there was one that i'm gonna say less than 2010 that would have been worse than the one that apparently knocked out the dinosaurs right uh i mean i don't know if i would agree with this if it's out of the realm of possibility because i know exactly that would mean but i would say uh when you come to origin stories and religion it's just as believable as all the rest yeah, I think it's a, like, not, how much do you believe in it? Like, I don't, I don't know enough about uh, dust particles and if they could turn into humans to say it would be possible. But yeah, that compared to some guy picked up dirt and made a person seems about the same. So I don't try to judge anyone's. Damn, fun that's, ideas. that's that's a good example too. God, isn't that apparently what God did? He morphed yeah. people out of clay or something like that. Uh, well, Adam, yes, and then uh, Eve out of his rib. I'm like, we hear all this stuff. I think everybody's getting a slight piece of the puzzle, but I also think it's like the storyteller effect, like where you tell one kid a story and then he whispers it down a line of children. And then by the end, it gets to like the last kid and it's like completely morphed than what it originally was. Right. See, I kind of believe uh, not real. It's one of those kind of like you're believing of dimensions. Um, I want to believe more in like the ancient alien theory. Like in my mind, what makes the most sense is that a spaceship came a long time ago and ancient people said God came from the sky because spaceships would have came from the sky. And then maybe they genetically modified us to be smarter so they could, you know, use us as slave labor, mine some gold, because for whatever reason, we've always loved gold. And now we know that gold is good for space travel. So it lines up. Um, maybe the leader of the spaceship's name was God. And uh, so that's after they left, we just kept talking about it. I just think that makes as much sense as anything else. And so I think that's a fun movie. I would watch that. So that's what I like to believe. I want to, I just want the simple movie. We evolved or adapted and morphed into these people that we are today from like apes. And the only reason we like gold is because it's very shiny. 
Same thing when you have a pair of keys and you just dangle it over a toddler right. just to stop them from crying. I'm like, right. it might be that simple or it might be super extent to the point where our brains couldn't even comprehend it. Well, they I say it's uh, the shining is because it looks like water, that water is shiny and we need water to live. And that's why we're attracted to shiny stuff. But there's a lot of stuff that shines and gold we still think is more valuable. Well, that explains if you go to like a country that's a little bit like less educated. I hate doing comparisons, but like in Africa or something, they're like eating gold. You're like, don't fucking put that in your mouth. Stop, (laughs) stop. And they're just like, "Ah, like food? No. It's like, I I guess that makes sense where it kind of shine resembles like water or something like nurture. But I think the whole weird fact is how far different people like are even though we try and act so much the same, like we live in a world where people want to be like this next, they idolize themselves off of like celebrities, which I think is kind of a problem because then you get things like TMZ that like show the bad side of the celebrity. I'm like, no, he's a person. Like he does shit wrong. You know, he's not hundred percent perfect, but I think people get this like globalized view that celebrities are perfect in every single way. So they need to model themselves after that to fill some type of void in themselves. I'm like, I try and talk to people that are way smarter than me and understand different things than me. And I'm just like, that's just because they have that knowledge and capacity in their brain to understand that. Like you trying to explain how to make a beat to me will probably be the most difficult fucking thing for me to understand, which makes it interesting as you as a person being completely different from me. (laughs) Like I could probably know some stuff that you would just sit there and kind of eyes glazed over. I just I find that fascinating because I hear some dude talk about alternate dimensions and talk about like uh you know the antimatter and all these types of things like out in our solar system. I'm sitting like, what the fuck? Like you need Neil deGrasse Tyson to try and calm you down a little bit, but the only person right. that seems to be better than Neil deGrasse Tyson is Bill and I. Yeah, and well, and even like we were talking about with religions earlier, just to make sure I'm fair across the board, I think it also requires a lot of faith and stuff. I don't understand to believe you know, no DeGrasse Tyson, like he knows sciences that I'll never understand. And I have to kind of take his word for it. And then I have to take uh, the scientist's word for it, that they know what they're talking about. So I do think there is faith involved in all of it. Um, so I just try not to judge anybody. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I, that'd be awesome if God was real and it was like something in the afterlife, but I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had that evidence in my life yet. I think for any time for Uh, you to believe something, you have to have evidence. And it's like, I really don't like how people get like super super into it to the point where they feel like they need to change other people right for sure i I live in the bible belt of america um like right in the middle of it right so it's very rare for people to have the belief system i do of i do not believe in 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 that teaching uh and i normally explain it with it's like a diet you know if you want to go on a diet and you're like i can't have ice cream because i'm on a diet i have no problem with that but if you say, I can't have ice cream because you're on a diet, then that's a problem. And that's kind of how um, religious people are, in my view, of what I see. You want to know, I just, thought of a, I just thought of a good theory for why people are licking ice cream and then putting it back. It's a diet, dude. It's like the keto diet. Instead yeah, of yeah. eating the ice cream, you just lick it and then you put it back. And that's enough to satisfy your craving. Maybe. That might be what it is. How many uh, times did you buy ice cream to the point where someone, like, it was already open? You were like, what the fuck? Well, that's the thing. So the ice cream they licked um, is a company called Blue Bell Ice Cream. It's very popular where, in the state of Oklahoma. It's from Texas, I believe. With the bunny on the front? Uh, that's Blue Bunny. There's Blue Bunny and there's Blue Bell. Blue Bell is better. Blue Bunny's like the cheap shit. Um, and the Blue Bell does not have that plastic ring it's like just fucking free for all because they lived off trust because it was Texas and they're dumb there. 
uh, in Oklahoma, we think Texas is dumb, just to backstory. Um, so anyway, now they are going to put a film filter on it, which will, of course, make the price go up. So this one girl is going to increase the price of ice cream for a whole country. And I just think it's fascinating. Anyway. I, I think that we <laughs> take super extents to stop. Well, that's a problem, too, because FDA has to regulate that. A lot of food and drugs. stuff. But there's so much other shit that's contaminated. You honestly think when you get a bag of grapes from the store, if you don't wash them suckers off, like you're already well, getting so And even then, hands and and I, I make this argument, so I'm glad you brought this up. People wash grapes. That cold water doesn't get rid of germs or bacteria you'd have to like boil the grapes and then you can't even eat them so yeah it actually reduces the amount of uh bacteria but it doesn't eliminate it all it's actually what started in the victorian era when they were using surgery and stuff the there was a couple people that were innovators only because they they washed their utensils off after surgery they didn't (laughs) use soap they were just like there's a lot of blood on this knife before i go back into a surgery i'm just gonna run some cold water on it it wasn't even hot ah it's great I'm really, I'm not one of those people that wish I was born in another time period. I'm very much excited about living in modern technology. Uh, I, I see. I love modern technology. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit with you on this point. I don't believe that people that say, I wish I was in a, you know, a, a much older time period. I wish I was born way earlier. I was like, no, you don't. Like I could tell you right now, you wouldn't be able to function five minutes without your cell phone. I can also tell you that, you know, you wouldn't be able to survive, uh, back then because first of all they lived to the age of maybe 30 40 and back in the pilgrim days and even then they were fighting up a whole host of diseases you know you got married at a young age and the whole factor is you knew nothing about contaminations the whole reason why doctors went to your home was because it was safer than a hospital now you think of a hospital now it's the safest place you can be you think no there's so much contamination and everything infected like that there that if someone's like literally like bedridden or needs to be like just stable for a really really long time they want to send you home mostly because you're kind of taking up space but at the same time you're better off at your house sitting in healing rather than sitting in a hospital right and that's actually there's a uh, new studies that that's that's true again at least in america um a lot of hospitals are keeping you overnight after surgeries but all studies suggest if you went home you heal faster i don't know why like my dad just had knee surgery and uh, they sent him home the day he had it as opposed to keeping him overnight. And they were telling about some new studies of when you're around your own shit and you're comfortable, uh, you're just more likely to get up and get going. Well, you're in a better mood too. Right. So I, I think some hospitals may be going back that way. Maybe. We'll I, I think it, it's, it's really, really hard. Like, did you hear what happened with Johnson & Johnson that came out about the freaking – uh, yes. The, yeah. See, now any company that has Johnson in the name twice, you got to kind of look at them with a watchful eye, I think. But I, the, the guys that did the baby tear shampoo, you know, no cry for babies because the soap can get in your eyes. They're the ones that were hiding all this medical shit. Right. Uh, and honestly, I don't even blame a company. I really don't. Uh, I think for many, many years, and it's a pretty new concept, this whole doctors are protecting you against yourself that i mean they used to just give you liquid cocaine like in a bottle like doctors aren't infallible they just like and it used to be like well if you had the money and you want this medicine sure like it is very much a a new thing of these checks and balances so like i'm not saying these companies were right in doing what they did but it was the landscape this is very much a we're looking at a you know something that happened at a different time period through the lens of today's standards so I'm like, I, I mean, I get what they did's wrong, but it's not like 
were they going to stand up and change the world at that time themselves? I don't know. Maybe they should have. I think a lot of times you got to look at like also the character that people display. Like I think when it comes to the medical industry, there's a lot of shady shit, but that's not the only industry that has a lot of shady shit. There's so many different things going on that we don't even really know about. And then when it does come out, it's like, do you not expect it? I mean, people at least in the world today seem to be a little bit more for the money rather than for the person. Like what's them giving you a prescriptive thing that's basically meth going to yeah. hurt their day at all. If they're already making a quick buck off of it, if some company comes to them saying, Hey, I want you to blind these results or not release the full results on this, make it look in a certain way where it's good for our company. So we'll pay you a crap ton of money. You're going to be thinking, first of all, what about the Porsche that I want to get? Okay, that money's going to that. So you're automatically in. You know what I mean? You're not caring about the person anymore. This is where I think we technology did a bad thing because technology has made it so damn simple for us to be comfortable and be disconnected from each other that we're not realizing like who people are anymore. Like It's hard to even get someone to sit down and have an hour conversation because people just, they want to do, like as soon as you get home, first thing you want to do is just lay down or do work on your own shit. I'm like, I get that, but it's not, it's not difficult. You know what I mean? It's, it's not difficult to go out of your way to help others. Not saying you have to, but saying that technology has made it so damn easy where that's like the main thing. That's why I'm saying college diplomas aren't really, you don't need need one anymore because you can make fucking three point something million dollars off just playing Fortnite. You can, that is possible. Um, man, you were saying something there that in your Fortnite thing just totally distracted me for whatever reason. Um, hmm. I don't know. Continue. <laughs> well, I was just saying, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really weird on the concept of technology because a lot of people give it so much praise and say the world would be so awesome without technology. You wouldn't know what to do. That's true. I don't know what the hell life was like before Snapchat, even though I was born before Snapchat, but it's been such a part of my life now where I just kind of see it there. I don't know. But I think the fact is more kids' memories are now going to be spent linked to their phones rather than the fact that it's going to be not with their family anymore. I mean, right. Like when I was a kid, I had every kid in my class's phone number memorized. But right now, if someone, right, if someone's like, what is your wife's phone number? I'm like, uh, life in my phone. Just right. call that one. Uh, and then the thing I was thinking about earlier, uh, kind of touch on it. Uh, there was this old story I heard, and I don't know if it's true or if someone made it up and it just sounds cool, but either way, I'm going to tell it. Uh, when emails were becoming a thing, you know, the 90s, 80s, uh, the whole idea of the internet, that concept coming to be, the idea would be like, well, we only have to work like 20 hour work week now because you'll be able to do so much with technology that we won't have to work 40 hours. You know, we would be able to get as much done with less work time. But companies didn't say, well, we want to keep our productivity the same. They just said, oh, we'll do as much work as you can in 40 hours. And then they, you know, the company just made more shit. But workers are just working harder, making more stuff, but in the same amount of time. So in a lot of ways, technology has made some work jobs more stressful because they are more efficient and they're better, you're expected to do more. That makes sense. Yeah, well, that's why there's now people are getting replaced with machines. Like they're right. talking about bringing minimum wage up to fifteen dollars for a person that works at like McDonald's or something. And like, I I do understand there are people that did do some things in their life for the point where they can only work at McDonald's, whether you're a convict or something. I don't think that's right, but I understand the whole concept of you probably shouldn't be trying to make a living off working at McDonald's. That is kind of a kid's job. Like well, I, I don't think. Know, I think that's a fun idea and argument for sure. And I hear that, but a lot of places like there just aren't other jobs. 
That's very, very true. So it's like, I'm sure a lot of people would be like, I would love to not work at McDonald's, but that's the job I have. Now, I kind of go on both sides where I live. uh, Everyone's poor, right? So like, if you made minimum wage $15 an hour, it's going to affect a lot of jobs that aren't minimum wage that don't pay close to $15 an hour. And then I wonder if like, what about the guy that made $15.50? Do they get a bump or do they just make just barely more than the McDonald's worker? I don't know how all that would go. I'm not an economist, but it is very interesting to think about. And when you compare inflation, uh, like if you're working in a fast food industry in the 70s, you were making like $28 an hour or something. So it, it's crazy. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand. We broke it. <laughs> you know how, yeah, you know how to, a can of tuna is like 60 cents? All right, well, if you start making $15 an hour, that can of tuna is going to now be $1.25. The price of everything is going to start going up once our money starts being looked at that. Right. That's why well, you look it, at a, a country or something like Russia, Bulgaria, all these places. It's like five bucks here is like is is like $15 over there. And it's because their money's not worth really that much but everything is more expensive like a rose or something is like 60 something of their currency it's like holy shit well, that would just be like a dollar 25 over here but it's because their money's not looked at as heavenly as ours is and that's just because we've managed to kind of keep a okay economic basis when it came to our money system right and i don't know i yes some prices would go up but like friends like a mcdonald's they could swallow all the profit and keep their price the same but they wouldn't like they were a company is never going to try to make a dollar less than they made the year before so some companies could i remember like papa john's the pizza place uh whenever uh, obamacare was passed and they had to start offering health care they were like their big thing was now we're gonna have to up the price of pizzas and uh john stewart i believe it was did something on his show where it was like it's gonna like a, a pizza would have to go up 13 cents to give all your employees health insurance like that's worth it you know so i do think a lot of people get uh, upset i'm sure a 15 dollar price uh or minimum wage increase would ruin all kinds of stuff like i don't even understand what all would happen well i try and tell people like i mean i understand that you want to make more money who doesn't want to make more money but the whole concept of the fact that they're going to just build a machine to replace you especially with where technology is advancing i mean you go to wawa you don't have to talk to the person to get your freaking sub or anything you just order off a machine in front of you the only job that you have to actually tell someone how to make your food is freaking panera not panera bread uh what is it called uh chipotle and that's a scary ass thing to do i always feel like when i walk up to them and try and tell them what i want like i want the chicken i want the steak i end up just being like walked over because i'm just like what do you want me to have And they're like i don't know man do you want chicken or do you want the steak i'm like what are you feeling They're like well the chicken i've been serving it all day do you feel like having steak i'm like i'll have the steak i'll sit there at the end when i get this monster burrito it's like filled with shit i didn't want like I could be allergic to one of the things. I'm a little bit of a pushover when it comes to that because I already feel like a dick just trying to point at them, tell them what I want. That's a problem with a thing like that. A lot of people, like I like having the banter, like, you know, kind of walk up and yeah, talk to someone. But it's so much easier just to go to self-checkout and do everything yourself. Yeah, I have this exact, uh, I've had this conversation on my podcast as well. I, I get tired of people uh, on on my Facebook feed, you know, You'll see people upset at people using self-checkout because they're like, you're the reason they're going to lose employees. And I'm just like, I just prefer it. I'm faster at it. I don't have to talk to anybody. I just, I don't know. I just prefer it. And maybe- You know why you also prefer it? Why is that? Because you go to checkout 
And the fact that people are so hooked to technology nowadays, like Facebook used to be nothing but bitching about your problems. It's because you're not releasing it anymore because you're not connected to your own family where you could talk about your feelings. You're not connected to anybody anymore. So you go to, instead of doing self-checkout, you decide to go talk to someone in line. You walk up to the cashier. How's your day going? Ah, don't get me started on my fucking day. And it's like, oh shit. Like, I was just trying to pay for this uh, drink and I was just trying to pay for a, a couple oranges and you're, you're, you're sitting here giving me the business on all your business. It's the fact that we don't have a way to project or talk with anybody anymore that we just have to put all our problems on some random stranger. I see it all the times in the store. Someone will get upset and then be like, I had a long fu-, and just start going off about their day. I'm like, Whoa. Right. And I'm so, uh, I'm pretty self-deprecating. I don't find myself that important. So I I never have those moments. You know, like I never snap at anybody in a store that I don't know. Cause I'm like, that's a stranger. And that would be embarrassing for me. But there does seem to be, I don't know if it's a personality type or an age range, but there are people that feel like, well, if I'm talking to you in this store, I will tell you my life story. Like you must really want to talk to me and hear all about my my shitty day, and I just I, I never want to hear about anyone's shitty day. And it's funny when you go to like start saying stuff that's ro- like that's going on in your life. They'll immediately be like, "Oh, I gotta go," or like walk away. It's like <laughs> I just listened to you like a therapist for an hour and a half, and now you're telling me you have to go. You're not even gonna let me say one thing. Right. Well, see, you might like you said you're pessimistic. You don't really think of yourself, I guess as anything i don't think of myself as anything either i don't think i'm important like a lot of people try and interview me on my own podcast i'm like nah this isn't an interview it's a conversation like if you want to ask me some shit sure but i don't do any of that stuff but talking about myself because there's nothing really to talk about you know i'm i oh, am who i am i don't did have a a question since you bring up a question for you you mentioned snapchat um snapchat is like one of the only social media platforms i'm not on you got to get there- on it bro would there be any benefit for my podcast beats or rapping to Snapchat? It's basically like Instagram, but it's like quicker. You know, you don't have to post something and then take it down. If it, it just usually disappears after a little bit, but you can put stuff on your story. It's honestly, it's an easier way than texting. I find, you know, I, I also still like when I text, I can't tell the hardest thing is telling your emotion. Um, like when someone voice texts, they usually are like trying to rush or they're trying to say something. Then they send the text. And it was like what they said in the voice text was, can you get um, some groceries? But then it's like when when it comes through and you read it, it says get groceries. Like someone's ordering you to do that. And that's what creates a lot of arguments because it's really hard for your phone to pick up conveying a mood or a type of tone in your voice. Right. So Snapchat kind of helps that out because you can take a picture like a selfie of your face. It disappears after like 10 seconds or however long you want it to last. And people can tell like, like if, if, if I send my buddy a Snapchat at like two o'clock in the morning, like no sleep, you know, he gets the tone because like it'll be me with like my eyes open, like staring at the camera or whatever, like no sleep. And he's like, he gets it. It's a better way of connecting too, like, cause you don't, you know, if you're like, See, me, I don't, I don't like photos of myself. So that's another reason I don't know if Snapchat will then be. Take a picture area. of your feet. I did that for the longest time. I was just take a picture mm-hmm. of the floor or something in front of me. I never had to take a picture of my face. It's just, it's a way of connecting too, a little bit easier. Like if you don't live near your buddies or you don't have time to right. hang out with your friends anymore, it's a way of kind of connecting. I think, uh, I don't know. I, I think there's always a new trend coming out. It's really hard to kind of stay with what it is. It seems like, Instagram started copying Snapchat with the stories and doing all that type of stuff. Snapchat had it first. Everything's kind of 
turn it into something. It's actually something I talked about in a podcast with someone when they were talking about um, they, they're in Germany and they work for like a coding company and they think they're, they do this process of like when they send an email or something and it's all zeros and ones and you can't really read it just like the matrix. There's a way to decipher it by moving a couple numbers around and then everything comes into a message which they decode. And they're talking about making a global platform for a messaging system that can connect everybody on one platform. It's like so like how we have Facebook Messenger and there's text. So there's two separate things and there's DM Instagram. Okay. All of that in one platform in one app where everything is like Facebook all that stuff, messaging apps all become obsolete. It just goes into one giant system. But I started bringing up problems like that's a way easier way for people to get all your shit. Like the government right. has this one funnel of all your texts, all your messages, every single picture you take into one system. Like you're just basically giving them information at that point. Right. It's like I don't link my Facebook to my other uh, social media platforms because like my mom's on my Facebook you know, and like, I don't want her on my Instagram, if that makes sense. So uh, to me, Facebook has turned into things for your high school friends and family. Uh, and, and Instagram for me is more for my music uh, and podcast. I try to use Twitter as well for that. Um, I, I just don't get the appeal of Twitter. I never have since it first came out. Uh, I just don't. That is know, literally a platform shit. for people to bitch about their problems. Every time I see on Twitter, it's either some dude trying to be a comedian or some dude like comedians use that to post like funny one liners. But I'm like, you know, what's really scary to me now. I never got into Twitter, but that seems like a place where people can just bitch. But when you look at Facebook, do you find it funny how it started off a bunch of people complaining about their problems? Like, oh, I had a long day. All oh, this sucked. All oh, this happened to me. This happened to me. Then it went to like photos, but now the photos are memes and the memes are all about depression and they get so many likes because people can relate to them. See, I don't, yes, memes for sure. Like my, I have a Facebook uh, page for my podcast in which on days I don't share episodes, I just share memes that I find funny. Um, I think memes are a high art form. I think like the comedy value of memes today, I think is so underrated. I think some of the people making these are geniuses. Well, they're, co uh, they're comic sketches like you would get in a newspaper, like you get that newspaper, the funny section. It's like a quick little comic bit. But they're just, they can come out so fast and like a fad can take over so fast and all of a sudden there's like a thousand memes based on the same template. I'm just really impressed by it. I'm trying not to hate on, on them, you know, even the ones I don't like because I'm just like, oh, it's fascinating how, uh, and most of the time they're all really, you know, really funny. But Facebook is all memes. That's all it is. It is all memes and then people... Uh, I see more complaining about the relationships, right? It's like they complain about the relationships or politics, um, and then it's memes, and that is all Facebook is. But they put it all into – sometimes they, they mash it together and put all of it into meme, meme form. Like you're looking at the uh, – like there's something that's like, I wish I could get on this diet. And then if you put up like a picture of a steak, like, oops, I guess I messed up making the salad again. Like you see something like that, like it's funny, but it's literally just them. You kind of look at it and if you kind of analyze it a little bit like I do, you're like, oh, that person's probably upset with how they look. And they just posted that because they related to it. I think memes, what makes them really, really funny is the fact that it's also very relatable. You know, uh, see, I think meme sharing is a way for people to share their personality type without having to say anything. Um, so, for instance, I shared a meme recently that was uh, something that holds shoes, like, you know, something you put in your closet and you put shoes in. And it said, hey, and it had candy in it. And it said, uh, you can use your shoe holder to hold candy when you lose your feet from having diabetes. 
And I thought that was just so funny. That is I shared it. (laughs) (laughs) And then like four people liked it. Not many, right? But like I know those four people also have a dark sense of humor and they know I do as well. Right. I think everybody I like has a, what it's for. <laughs> everybody has a really dark sense of humor. Um, I don't know if you recently uh, checked out Netflix or anything like that. Like uh, Dave Chappelle had a comedy sketch that came yes, out. Yes, it was great. Yes, I thought. All right, thank you, thank you, because a lot of people are giving them crap and getting. I giggled the whole time. I did too, and I think it's the funny thing was that it was literally the truth, and he was just saying it, and we were kind of he was putting it in a way that would make it seem very, very ridiculous to believe in it, and then you realize it's actually how we're taking it. Right. Well, I think I was a sophomore in high school when the Chappelle show season one came out. So like, I, I mean, that was me, right. It was my age range. That's who it was targeting. I felt like, uh, I loved it. I idolized Dave Chappelle's like, he can do no wrong really for me either way. Um, but I did see people giving him shit. So when I watched this the whole time, I kind of was not like predicting, but I knew he was going to keep pushing the line. And then like every time he did it, I just like giggled of like, Oh my God, he did it. You know, like, I fangirled out for sure. Yeah, well, I think when you do any, like I talk to stand-up comics about this. I'm like, comedy is really, really hard to do nowadays, mostly because everyone's trying to do it and they give up after a year. It takes so long to actually get moving as a comic. Dave Chappelle didn't get moving until like seven years into his comedy career, and that was after he had a movie thing. Right. And like, it's it's all about like, there's a line there like you don't want to cross and especially now it seems like it's getting closer and closer to like the sensitive like if you even say anything about like oh well the sky outside was uh dark and gloomy it's like you're making fun of the sky it's like you got to realize there's a line there and it's like why do we have that line there you're going to a comedy show like if you're going to sit there and just complain about it then just walk out don't ruin the art of it the fact that you find it ridiculous it should be something you should look at in yourself like right. comedy's meant to be funny if it's good comedy, if it's bad comedy, it doesn't matter. If it's too offensive or something like that, there shouldn't be in a too offensive mark. There should just be a point where it's like, okay, I didn't laugh at that. Next joke, whatever. It doesn't have to be like, you know, you have to stand up and start shouting at people. I know so many stand-up comics that sit there and go, it's so hard to get that one heckle, then you got to think of a heckler comeback. It's like, why do you do it? It's like, if you don't like Raisin Bran, don't go buy a box of Raisin Bran. Having it in the store and then getting it taken down from the store because you don't like it, like, you went out of your way to do that. I think people are investing too much of their emotional problems into a lot of stupid, dumb stuff that shouldn't be emotionally invested into. Right. I, I agree. I mean, I, and uh, seeing a stand-up comedy, like I always thought that'd be something I would want to do. I've never have because uh, there's not much opportunity here. I'm sure if I looked really hard, there would be. I'm not committed. Like I'm not trying to act like um, I'm stuck here or whatever. Um, but I was like class clown of my class, you know, when you like vote on that stuff. Was so good. I've always, I was always like fairly funny, but I was always kind of dry and a smart ass. Right. And the people that get big laughs typically when you're younger, um, are loud, funny people, right. You know, like people that I don't know how to explain it, but people will get it. Um, so I was really surprised I won class clown when I won it. Cause I was like, Oh, I didn't know all y'all understood you know what i was going for and now i just i play so dry the way i in my normal life because i mentioned how we started this off uh i feel like i kind of lead two different lives right uh so when i'm at work or whatever i just play everything so dry that everyone thinks i'm really serious but deep down i'm not you know so uh i try to play that whole angle and i find a lot of humor just in life through that but not i don't necessarily make people laugh often 
that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also like you were saying, like about where you're from. Like that is true, though. That's a lot of reason why, like people that want to be musicians or something, they go to the most. What's the first thing you think of when you think of musicians? You think of Hollywood. You think of like big stars. You're going to be an actor. You go out to Hollywood. It's because that area that's where it literally promoted up to being like the start for your career. Basically, if you were going right. to be that type of performer, same reason the way like New York, Broadway, immediately, and then it's like. I come from a small town, but it's pretty popular during the summer, a lot of tour spots. And it's like everyone here is a musician, basically. Everyone, they, there's bars on every street. So you just adopt to where you grew up. Like if you grow up around potatoes, you're going to end up doing something with potatoes. You know, my buddy, uh, like that's only if you choose to stay there. Like if you choose to limit yourself to that place, you're going to end up doing something in that place that is popular. Like that's the common job there. My buddy lives out in Wisconsin. And, you know, he wants to go into the army and types of stuff. And he just goes, yeah, but, you know, I work at the popcorn factory because popcorn's a big thing down here. You know, we put cheese on practically everything. I'm like, because you got to know kind of how to break out of your, not really your culture, but break out of your comfort zone too. Yeah, 100%. Uh, for me, I moved uh, just once out of my hometown to the town I went to college in. Uh, and I would love to leave the state. Uh, it's never been my favorite thing, but I, I got married. Um and I do have family here. My wife has family, all that sort of thing. Um, and you kind of get stuck once you uh, are at a certain place. Like we have a house, we'd have to sell that, you know. Yeah, you um, got to be careful where you plant your roots. Right. Life will just uh, kind of stick you places at, at a certain time. Um, but I think with the internet, what's cool, uh, at least for me, you know, like my podcast isn't very popular. I don't know how popular yours is. I didn't really uh, ask you or not <laughs> or any of that. Um, but one of the things you touched on earlier of uh, like kind of Dave Chappelle and people getting upset, I enjoy having a podcast that isn't really all that popular or known of for the simple fact um, I say some stupid stuff, right? Like, yeah, like I'll be driving and some old person will be driving like an asshole. So I'll come on my podcast. I'm like, we should just have euthanation and fucking at 70, get rid of all of them. Right. And like, no one's going to hear that and like get mad at me because not enough people listen to my podcast to care anyway. Right. So like, I do enjoy the freedom that comes with not being famous. Uh, as far I as mean, the podcasting goes, that's, that's, that's actually one of the problems I face. Only the fact of the whole matter is every time I go and upload something to YouTube or something, it's telling me how many views or likes it got. So I'm like, I don't need that. I don't, I don't, I don't, it turns into you're that person on Facebook and Instagram that has to post up something and hope that someone likes it 40 million times. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like getting a pat on the back. I'm like, I don't need that in my life. So I don't really care if the podcast becomes like this ultra mega platform podcast. I don't care. It's, it's the whole idea that I'm, I'm, I'm interesting myself in other people um, getting connected. Like we would not have been able to talk without a type of social media or type of thing to be able to connect in a way. And the right. fact that I was able to sit down and have a podcast with you is just, it's amazing to me. I'm already enriched for it for every single person that I have on here. So I think when you start looking for acceptance, you start losing the true basis of what it means to actually be passionate about something. Right. And honestly, this is all perfect. It's exactly stuff I've been thinking of the last couple of days. So, um, a lot of people do share their podcasts and I used to care a lot about numbers. I'm sure you've also went through these phases as well, maybe of, you want a lot of people to listen because that makes you feel validated. Like you're not wasting your time. And I feel that way about all my uh, creative endeavors. Um, I always, I would love it if someone hears it and thinks I'm awesome and they appreciate it. But I do think it's dangerous to need that. 
Like if you rely on it getting big, it usually never ends up getting big. But that doesn't mean you should lose your drive in making music and making things of this sort. See, the problem when you're dealing with the music industry or you're dealing with anything like if you're making beats, you kind of want people to listen to it. That's kind of the point. Um, that's why you have something like that. But when you're having a, like a podcast, it's a little bit different, like especially if you're just having friends over. It's just a way for you all to just kind of be able to hang out and like kind of shoot the shit. You know what I mean? Even if right. it gets like five or well, 10 views, you still had a wonderful experience talking to somebody. Like when I launched my podcast and I host mine on SoundCloud, um, everyone says that's a horrible place to host it, but it works just fine for me. Um, so I host it there. And for like the first, uh, I would say like 40 or 50 episodes of my podcast, I would get like this batch of 200 listens all on Sunday evening from like Saudi Arabia. And so I was like, well, those aren't real, you know? So I would like in my mind be like, well, those aren't real listeners. So I'm, I need to like not mentally count those. But then whenever those stopped happening, they made my numbers look worse. So I'd be like, oh no, it's doing horrible. But I'm like, honestly, they were never real to begin. And like, so I do find myself caring about that stuff. Um, but you do have to like make yourself stop caring about that. Yeah, it's really, really weird. You get like a message on one of your like posts or something and it's literally like, hey, check out this site for more followers and subscribers. And you go on there, it's like monthly packages, get a thousand something followers for like right. $10. You're like, but they're not real. They're just people with either multiple accounts that just follow you like robot AI accounts. Like they're bots. They're not something right. I'm interested in. And I think that's really, really strange because I've actually messaged someone about doing a podcast, like coming on to here. And they had like one episode and it was like only like a week old, but they had like 30,000 subscribers. I'm like, how did you manage that? Right. Um, I actually had an artist, a rapper on one of my music podcasts who paid to have fake listens to that episode. And then they had fake comments that were like, so-and-so should be signed to a record label and all this stuff, like all these fake comments. Um, he was easily the worst person on the episode. I only let him on because he was a friend of my cousins and what like, you know what I mean? Like it was like, I did him a favor and then he threw off all my stats because it says I got 3000 listens on that episode that were paid for. And then I'm like, why did you, so like this guy spent money to get me listens to make him look good. You know, and I was like, this is so crazy. Um, but I'm also a member of uh, like the Spotify group on Facebook, you know, for playlists. Cause I would love to get some of my music on people's playlists. But what it's turned into is a bunch of people that are like, if you follow my playlist and screenshot it, I will follow you in your playlist. And that's all it is all day is people following each other's playlist. And I'm just like, well, that doesn't do anything for anyone to get plays, though. Like y'all are just following each other's playlist. Um, and then also through me making music, I'm trying to submit and email people my songs to get on their playlist. And in the last week, I've received seven emails uh, from people saying, you know, hey, I like your song. I think it fits the vibe of our playlist. Here's our prices. And then it's like $20 to be, you know, $40 to be on this playlist. So it's all so fake that I try to be like, you can't even believe the numbers you see. So like, I can't get mad if I see someone with 5,000 plays on a song that I'm like, they are horrible because they probably just paid for that. You know, like those aren't real people listening. Chances are. So the whole music industry is so uh, clouded. It, it, well, it's, it's hard. I think anything that comes to fame, it's really hard to be, I guess, what you'd be authentic, be real. Right. Uh, it's so much easier just to have like a lot of the work done for you. No one ever really takes the time, at least nowadays, to actually put in the work for themselves, which is awesome that I, I think that for you, 
like you're being able to create your own music. And I found it really, really fascinating. The whole factor that you said, um, you know, being in, uh, where be like being where you're from and like, it's not seen as music being like that big. There seems like being something else. Uh, it really fascinated me that you said, uh, you, when you went to college, it was kind of when you hit your start, uh, for your music career a little bit because you went to a whole completely different place, which I think it was just the vibe of maybe where you went to where it was like, Oh shit, I'm not confined to just doing this thing. That was kind of the only thing really available in my area. There's now a whole nother outlet or a whole nother environment that's bringing in this new type of creation. Right. When I saw my high school friends, the first time when I went back um, and freestyled for everyone, they were like, Holy shit, how long have you been able to do that? And I was like, I just started, (laughs) just did it. So uh, definitely the environment. I had no friends when I went to college. I know a lot of people do go to college with friends. I planned on it, but uh, one of them decided to sell meth and not go to college. And the other one decided to go to a different school to be closer to his girlfriend, all this stuff. So I ended up going to school alone. Um, and it led to some probably bad decisions and you know not the best memories, but also some good ones. So I had to figure out the world on my own. Um, you know, I've been very adamant about never moving back home like even though most people do at some point in time i'm like i'll just get a shitty job and pay bills and just i don't ever want to do that <laughs> so i think it's all about finding your voice man it's going to take a while to get there but hopefully everybody finds it one day i think it's just you got to you got to keep on doing what you feel like you need to be doing and uh trying not to get stuck in a comfortable environment you know it's it's difficult to do especially with a lot of like how things kind of seem difficult nowadays but i mean if you really want to truly go for it you just got to go for it Right. And I think, uh, you know, we talked about technology a lot. I think that's why the internet's cool. Um, you know, I can, I make my own beats and rap to them and I make the artwork and I, you know, I make everything, you know, make it all. And I can just sit here and upload it and hopefully someone out there can hear it. And it sounds like bullshit, but uh, really just the idea that someone out there that I don't know, that I've never met, um, has heard a song I've made and they're like, oh, that was pretty fucking cool. Like that really is enough for me to be like, I'm going to keep doing it. Exactly. Like the feedback I get from this podcast, like everyone usually has a really good time. And I tell them like, it's not live. So it's like, it takes like, I, I, before I put it up, I always message you. I'm like, Hey, thanks so much for being on. I like that factor. I'm like, you don't have to share it if you want to, that'd be awesome. But still, I would just want to make sure you had a fun time because that's the whole point to me. I want to know that, you know, you had a chance to be able to sit down and shoot the shit and relax for a little bit, kind of ignore the problems of every day. Like usually people come on, they think it's going to be some type of like structured thing. I'm like, nah, it's just, we're shooting the shit, man. Whatever you want to talk about. It's all about life, man. We're all living it. Why don't we take an hour just to get to know each other? Right. Yeah. And my podcast is so uh, not structured as well. So it wasn't that much of a surprise. Like I didn't make any notes for your podcast. Um, my wife is like, well, don't you need notes? And I was like, I don't think so. I think it's all pretty free, free flowing. We're all we figured out, bro. We're real. That's why when you said in the beginning, can we cuss on it? I'm like, yeah, drop as many as you want. It, sir. it wouldn't have even been possible for me not to have, you would have had to edit it even if it was like against the rules. I so. don't even edit. Like I had people tell me all the time, like, why don't you edit your podcast? Like you hear a lot of butts and ums. I'm like, cause it's real conversation. The fact that, you know, you'll hear my buddy. I usually d- used to do them like in person like when I have friends over and stuff. And, uh, like we had to use a little mobile recorder. My buddy spills like a bunch of coffee and he just goes, fuck, like really loud. Like, and I'm just sitting there like, dude, and it's just him trying to clean up for like two minutes. I'm like, just sitting there making fun of him the whole time, giving him shit. 
I'm like, oh, but there's a whole backstory to it too. So I like tell people like, it's also the moments I have. Like, I remember every single person that's been on my podcast and I'm, I'm trying my best to keep all that, you know, in there. I know there's a dumb bar limit on how much I can remember, but I haven't hit it yet. And I don't plan on hitting it for a very long time. So, right. I definitely edit my podcast um, myself. Uh, the ums, I have a lot of ums. If you've noticed, I do it a lot on here as well. I actually just use it as a good way to edit. I just edit from um to um if I need to cut something. I did it for the first couple and I was like, this is too tasking. So I ended up just like bailing out on it. I'm like, I'd rather just throw it up there, let people hear the real things, especially right. when, you, when I hear myself talk, it makes me a little bit better too. I mean, I try not to listen to my old stuff just mostly because like I'll say something. I'm like, what was that I was talking about? And then I try and skip like a minute ahead of what I was talking about, trying to find it. And it's a completely different conversation. Right. Sometimes I'll cut stuff if I sound too dumb. You know, like a couple weeks ago, I had a friend on uh, who's an uh, African-American dude. And I want to tell him like the oppression African-Americans face. And he's like, yeah, I fucking know. So I'm like, all right, we'll cut all this. I sound like an idiot. So. I know. Well, it's like the whole thing. It's like you're just you're doing a lot what society does. You're just throwing back old shit. It's like we know what the problem is, but nobody's fixing it. So if we just keep bitching about it, is it going to do anything? Not really. I talk to so many people. I'm like, how do you feel about this? But you know, I work in a hotel, so I'm used to being a minority. I'm the only white guy on all its you know housekeeping staff. So I know what it's like to kind of feel what white privilege is like i know people talk about like oh white privilege white privilege it's, it's honestly not that big i think the only box you should ever have to check is on your census test it should say i am not a robot or i am a robot because that's the only fear I'm, I'm having in my mind at this point right i find myself uh personally and this sounds like a, a douchebag answer but i'm gonna give it anyway i don't care so much about race typically um that it can kind of come around the other way right so it'll be like You'll be like, you can't say that I'm this. I'm like, well, who cares if race doesn't matter? Like, what is it like? So I find That's, myself, I get into some. Best in his comedy special. Right, right. Uh, I don't know, he, the world cares a lot about that stuff, but I'm also um, a white person who I don't know my ethnicity, right? Like, I don't know if I'm Scottish or Irish or German or like, I don't know. I don't, my parents, uh, my family's just not something they're aware of. And so I've never cared about it. And I think when I meet someone who's like very proud to be Irish, I do find that odd. I'm like, you weren't born in Ireland. You're like, so I also find it kind of odd when, you know, cause I have friends that are Mexican. Like they, if their family's been here for generations and they're still like flying a Mexican flag, I think they're just as weird as I think the people that love Ireland, but yet have been like, I just don't get it. Cause I didn't, I didn't live that, you know? It's all about having like you want to have reference to somewhere, even though you've never even experienced it. I just tell people like, you know what, if you, if that's what you want to choose to roll by, then then go ahead. But that doesn't make you relatable to people without understanding what they went through. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's a little bit like you're using a title for something you have no credit in. Like if you go around saying, yeah, I create raps and stuff and you've only listened to like created one rap song or not even create one, just listen to one and you think you're a rapper. I'm like, all right, well, that doesn't that you're kind of dishonoring the people that actually do go out there and produce that stuff like yourself. Like you go out there and you create this stuff like it probably pisses you off sometimes when you hear someone just go around saying like, I'm a, I got that number fire mixtape and they only just have one song. It's like that's not how it works, bro. You can get that one hit but you'll end up being like the guy that created um you know like just one hit wonders you don't you don't want to be that you want to be someone that's creating constantly good music and actually benefiting right. from it. i mean honestly i've recorded hundreds of songs i have only at the moment i think like 10 of them on spotify maybe 12 now that i own my own beats and all that 
I still don't think of myself as a real rapper. I say it all the time. I'm like, but I'm not like a real rapper. I'm not successful. Like I'm uh, very much, I like to throw that out there to people. Like, I don't want to seem like a douchebag in what I'm about to say. Like I give a young, younger rappers advice a lot um, that I meet on Instagram and I always preface it with like, but you don't have to listen to me. I'm not successful, but I would cut these breaths out. You know, I think that sounds bad. Yeah. There's a point to giving tips and then there's a point to trying to structure somebody's show and their own personality for them. Right. Kind of can't kill the creative voice. And I appreciate that you do that, man. Cause you know, it's not easy for someone just to kind of give helpful advice to somebody else, especially if they seem like they have a little bit more talent than somebody, they kind of go to the selfish aspect, but I'm like, you just got to look at it at a whole angle. Like we're all trying to do something here together. Might as well benefit one another by right. trying well, to help each other out. Music is the craziest one of where people are competitive to me these days or in podcast. I don't think podcasts are competitive. I think they get it. Like I'm assuming you hit me up because I have a podcast and you know, I'll probably share it and whatever. And maybe I'll get you some listens and vice versa. Uh, but I know it's not like maybe the point, but that's a part of it. Right? It's collaborative. It helps out where in music, you can do the same thing. Like I can do a song with someone else. We both split the royalties 50, 50. And then if he blows up on another song, They'll see we did a song together. They'll click me and vice versa. If I done, you know, so like you can help get each other listens and work together, but people do get very competitive and they're like, no, I'm not doing songs with these people. Honestly, I, I sent you it because you, I just looked up the hashtag podcast and I realized there's the people that actually want to podcast. Usually you ask somebody like, I'm not about it because they don't want to get their voice out there, but it's people all creating one. I've done ones with real small ones that don't have any following and I'm helping them get a following. It's just the whole idea. Like we're all doing something. I'm like, if there's going to be a whole group of people that are willing to be on a podcast, considering they already have one of their own, it's like, might as well just talk to them and see, you know, what they do. That was the easiest way for me to get people. So I just copy and paste like a saying like, hey, you know, check out my podcast. I'd love to have you on. But I do that for everything. I do that for like, I'll just type in a random hashtag taco and see who the hell posted in taco and just start going off. Next, you know, your podcast with someone who owns a taco company or something like Taco Bell works there or something. I'm like, all right, well, what's your main source of people that come at two o'clock in the morning? Are they high or drunk? And they go, they're fucking drunk as hell. It's like, there you go. It's something I would never have even known. And it's an interesting conversation. I think you, you find it anywhere. You know, and that's not to belittle anything about you. That's everyone's unique in their own way. But if you're going to try and like do something, whether it has a form like mine, you're you're really just trying to focus on hearing people out. And a lot of times people don't want to be heard unless they're already doing something where they're already projecting their voice out. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's very hard because like, I like to have my people in studio, as I would say, really around my table here. Um, but I have friends that I thought would be really good and they're not right. Like talking on a microphone, especially to a stranger, um, is its own thing. Uh, you have to, you have to be able to talk and just keep a conversation going. I may not be very good at it, but I think I'm decent enough, but I've had people come to my house, sit in front of me and then they just freeze up. That was one of my first episodes when my buddies, he just like, doesn't want to, doesn't enjoy podcasting. He's one of my best friends. I'm like, damn, dude, this is the one thing we do not connect on, but that's not right. him. But he's and able to talk to me without the recorder being on. It's just the hardest fact is exactly that recording factor. That's the thing. So I have some, I have a couple co-hosts that'll be on from time to time uh, when I really need someone. And like, as soon as it goes on, they barely talk. They're very quiet. And then as soon as it goes off, they're like, Hey, what'd you think about what Congress said the other day? I'm like, what the fuck? You couldn't have brought that up like when we were recording. You know, they just there's some mental block. So 
um, it makes sense that you're going to go for other podcasters, you know, if you can to call in uh, or people that are comfortable talking. If you need people, um, I know a couple rappers that I think would be pretty good at this. Hey, so if, if you want to shoot them my way, dude, that'd be awesome. I think it's all about like, I just want to make sure everybody has a memorable experience, at least something where they were like, it wasn't bad at all. Like I enjoyed it. Like if once I hear that, I'm like, well, that was worth, that was worth it because I got to be able to understand you, Aaron. And I really appreciate you coming out and doing my podcast. First of all, I want to give you here a minute at the end to kind of, uh, be able to promote yourself or tell people where to find you, uh, give you a little shameless plug. Sweet. Um, do I need to do that now? Yeah, man. All right, let's go for it. So uh, my podcast has a horrible name. It's hard to find, but it's A Podcast with Mo. And Mo is just M-O. Um, like I said, we talk about random dumb shit. And then every other Friday, we have a music episode with awesome music. Totally worth it. And then um, you can follow me on Instagram or search for me on Spotify under A to the Mo. Um, a, the number two, T-H-A-M-O. Do some rap music there. And then um, I make beats under the same name. Uh, probably Instagram is the best place to follow me to see all of it because I just post something like every day there about something. So, Well, that was for show with Mo and Aaron uh, Mosier. I want to say thank you for moseying on over to the Out of the Blank podcast. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. You are now listening to Out of the Blank.